0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Luck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Luck, and today I'm here with Zach Miolo. Did I say that right, Zach? You did. You yes. Did.
1: You get nailed it two years in a row.
0: Sweet. Okay, I'm getting good. Uh, he's from the Pocono record, the local paper, the local paper here at Pocono Raceway. And, uh, Zach, how are you doing? Very well. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, I know you've been pumped up all weekend cause this is you, you get two shots a year. You love to watch racing and cover racing and, uh, and everybody comes to your town right in your backyard and you get to experience this. So, um, I know you you were excited to to see this race today and this weekend. Um, I guess we'll start off by saying uh, what what did you think of how the racing was today?
1: I thought I thought it was enter- entertaining in spurts. Um, there were definitely moments where everything got strung out, um, but I thought especially throughout the first stage, um, seeing the pit strategy play out, I thought that was that was something that we were kind of missing last year because. The teams were still figuring out how to deal with the stages, Um, and so you only really saw two strategies last year. This year, you had guys pitting um, a lot of different times throughout the stage, uh, and I thought that added another layer of of interest. Um, And then we had some late-race restarts, and I thought that added a little bit more drama to it, even though Truex checked out at the end. Um, So I, I thought it was... I thought it was an in- interesting race. I don't think it was the best race um, by any means, but it was it was solid, I thought.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I mean, it definitely wasn't a terrible race. It wasn't like the best race of the season, but I wasn't I don't really think there was a point where I was bored actually all day, you know? I mean, it right. was like even though it, it would get a little bit strung out, like you mentioned, the the fact that so many people were pitting at different times, you're like, "Okay, well this this guy's got to come through here. How's the strategy going to shake out?" And um, ultimately, I think there was a little bit of a wrinkle toward the end, and it was almost kind of disappointing how it played out because you're like, okay, now this is going to get really good. You've got, uh, what, three guys or four guys that stayed out. Um, you've got three guys on two tires, and then you've got the field on four tires, and, and that included Kyle Busch, and it was going to be like, ooh, this is going to be really interesting. Right. And then they couldn't do anything with it. The, the guys that stayed out, I mean, Harvick, they were, you know, sounded like on their radio, they're fretting about it, right? Because uh-huh. it's like, okay, oh, my gosh, we actually should have come in and take two tires. I miscommunicated. Well, no, actually, by staying out, that was what the race winner did. So Harvick actually made the race-winning move, um, as Truex did. It just didn't work out for him,
1: right? And, and Harvick said in his very short press conference, uh, it was just track position that didn't work out for him because he ended up on that inside lane, um, in one of those restarts. I forget exactly which one, but um, it was the the recipe was there, and especially even even on that last restart with seven to go, you had Harvick and Bush lined up third and fourth. That was that was. The battle to watch, all it's been the battle to watch all season long, and mm-hmm. finally, we I think more so today than we've had the majority of the season, uh, we had Harvick and Bush going head-to-head, fa- fighting for the lead, and then you had Truex up there, too. At one point, um, you, you had the three of them, Bush, Harvick, and Truex, all kind of right under a blanket, and I thought it was pretty entertaining racing for the lead, and it was good to see those guys up together but i think those late race cautions kind of neutralized everything and so the the advantage that bush may have had on those four tires was totally wiped out because you had caution after caution right right at the end
0: yeah that's a good point and kyle said that he thought they would make more of a difference the tires would make more of a difference and ultimately he felt disappointed that they didn't but um and i think the crew chiefs probably expected that cuz Considering how nervous Cole Pern was, how anxious Rodney Childers sounded, I think they all thought tires were going to make a difference. It just didn't turn out that way.
1: Well, look at this race one year ago. Kyle Busch uh, had Ben Beshore on the on the pit box because Adam Stevens was Stevens was suspended. Busch was the only guy who stayed out, and everyone just stormed by him. Um, but Cole Pern, I think I think it was either him uh, or Truex. I think it was Cole though. Made the point that um, last year's race was a lot hotter, and so the track was losing a lot more grip. Um, and the tires were a little bit were worth a little bit more last year, whereas this year it was it was cool, it was windy, um, and I feel, so that didn't help. Um, that didn't help Kyle Busch have any kind of an advantage on on uh, fresher tires.
0: Right. Yeah, they weren't really wearing out like everybody thought. And I think today was probably the coldest Pocono that I can remember. I mean, it felt like a it almost felt like a, a fall race at at like a Martinsville type yeah. thing or something. I mean, it was chilly. It was yeah. chilly and windy and it was so weird because the first part of the weekend wasn't really like that. But it's it's actually very similar to many race weekends this year. Like Texas, I remember, was like 90 degrees on Friday and hot. And everybody's like, oh, my gosh. And then by race day, it was freezing. And, right. and so it's it, and NASCAR's had a very weird weather year. I mean, there's only been the one rain out, I think, right? but um it's yeah, just that been,
1: ended up being a snow out i think at Monsville. yeah right
0: <laughs> but for the most part the race day, the race days themselves have been very chilly where last year you had a lot of spectacular nice warm race days so that and that makes a difference in the racing for sure uh, let's go back to something you mentioned a little bit earlier which was that the the battle between Harvick and Kyle Busch um i had asked both of them about it in the media center this weekend because As you mentioned, we haven't really seen them go head-to-head, despite them dominating the season up to this point. And now it looks like there's a third member of that group. But it's been all about them, and they haven't really raced head-to-head. So we thought finally today might be that battle. And this is probably as close as we've come. And then Martin Truex Jr. goes, hey, hey, remember me? I won (laughs) the championship last year. And um, I thought Martin Truex Jr. made an amazing point that I had totally overlooked in his post-race presser, and that is that he's crashed four times this year. And then the other... Nine races that he hasn't crashed in, he's has all top fives,
1: which is just
0: ridiculous.
1: Yeah, like for for a guy to be that good, and you you asked him a couple times this weekend was the fact that you know he had he had said last week that he didn't have winning speed, he had top five speed. Well, this week he was pass he made a move to pass Harvick for the for the lead fairly early on, and right then you kind of knew all right, maybe this team's kind of coming back to where we expected them to be rolling right into uh, from the off season.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point. And Cole Pern, uh, after the race, and, and Martin both said, no, we kind of we kind of felt like we got our speed back. And Cole Pern said, it's been a lot of hard work. But um, just in a week's time, they go from, oh, we don't really have it to quite contend with Kyle and Harvick, to we're back right kind of thing. I mean, right. they, it seemed like they felt that. They weren't dismissing it at all. But, you know, the question's like, well, is there three of you up there now? And I was like, yeah, I kind of think so. So um, if that's the case, I think that's that's very interesting because, you know, I think people have been tired, at least on Twitter. They say, oh, my gosh, this season, it's it's one of two guys every week. So I don't know. People may not feel too much differently about one of three guys every week because I think NASCAR fans like it when there's like 20 guys who could win. You have nice upset winners and first-time winners and things like that. But, That's not this season. You now have three drivers who have won 11 out of the 14 races.
1: Which is just an insane number. Yeah. Um, I'm curious uh, to see what Kyle Larson does in the near future here, because he ends up finishing second here today. Um you wonder how much of it was because of the strategy because he was one of those four guys who didn't pit. Um, which, by the way, the fourth guy was Chase Elliott, and he ends up pitting in one, one of those other late cautions to kind of forfeit the strategy, and he only ends up tenth. Didn't re- make up any ground. So um, it seemed like Chevy was... It was still the true ex Bush, and Harvick show, but Larson kind of put himself in the mix late, at least, and gave himself a shot. Is that something that you think can continue, especially with Michigan around the corner?
0: Well, I think you said the key thing there is is that Michigan, because um, Larson's won three in a row at Michigan. And then if you look at the other two-mile track, Fontana, uh, his last two races there are Um, a win, and a second-place finish. So he's gone win, 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 second on the last five races at a two-mile track. Now we go to another one. I think it could be very possible that a week from now I'm sitting here with whoever's next on the podcast, we're like, now there's four guys in the championship mix. (laughs) It went from two guys dominating the season, these two guys, it's all about them, to, oh, wow, four guys can win it. And then also, I mean, um, Keselowski's had sort of a quiet year, and he hasn't won but he seems to have sort of that you know 4th to 7th place speed every week he finished 5th at Pocono so he's another guy that could get right up there Hamlin was sort of up there for a while. He had he crashed, but right. I mean he could have finished top five today.
1: I feel like Blaney is kind of the dark horse that that everyone's kind of sleeping on. I, I don't know if people are sleeping on him per se, but he's led the third most laps coming into this week. I don't know if that's still the case after this race today, but um, never quite had that speed that he showed in the last round of qualifying. But I mean he was a top five, top top eight car all day long. Um, ends up finishing finishing sixth um he he could have won the daytona 500 he could have won bristol if that race continued the way it it looked like it was going to um he had a good car at kansas before he blew up there were there there's been chances for that car to win too and he's had a lot of speed so if that's a if that team can figure out how to close out a race that might be another contender as as the playoffs loom too
0: yeah well i i do think it's it's going to be important that some other guys win sooner or later i mean it is i i do think it's somewhat uh, interesting and compelling. I know a lot of people don't, but to watch those guys who are really on top of their game go head-to-head every week um, and sort of battle it out, um, I'm sure they're going to clash at some point, I feel like, and in, in this race for the playoff points. I mean, um, Harvick and Kyle Busch both have 25 playoff points now. Uh, Truex has 13, and nobody else has more than 7. So, you could really have three guys emerge and be like, okay, there's one spot left for Homestead kind of thing going into playoffs. I don't know if it'll be that extreme, but Um, I think that's interesting, but I I do think that it's better when you have a Blaney, like who won this race last year. Right. How fun was that for everybody to watch or a first time winner? Um, I mean, Jimmy Johnson's now gone a year without winning stuff like that. So if you could get, um, just more guys. I mean, Chase Elliott to have his first win. I think the sport's just so sort of thirsty for for different <laughs> yeah. faces there, you know?
1: 100%. But I, And I think another guy who might be in the mix at some point is Eric Almirola um, because he's shown a lot of speed all really since the Daytona 500. Um, he started 34th today, and he ends up coming home 7th.
0: Yeah, that's impressive. Uh,
1: I mean, especially at a track that passing isn't exactly uh, a, dom- a, a dominant thing here. Yeah. So – that's a team that might be able to break out. I don't know if they're going to get more than two wins on the year, but I think even one might be enough to say, hey, they're in the mix. Um, you get guys like that, maybe maybe a Paul Menard at some point can steal one. Um, I, I think those are probably the only guys that stand out to me as guys who, who could, um, or maybe a Kurt Busch, but that's about it. Yeah,
0: and it's it's kind of a shame because, I mean, like when you think about Michigan, I mean, we talked about how like Larson will probably be the favorite going in there, as deservedly so, but everybody else that we're gonna, we're gonna be like, oh well Kyle'll be up there, Harvick will be up there, TrueX will be up there. And it's every week it seems so predictable, so much more predictable than usual. Right. So I hope that something happens where, where it can get mixed up. I'm not totally optimistic that it will, but you do have the road courses and you do have the super speedways and stuff. Um, but we'll we'll see how the summer evolves. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask you about was um, they mentioned it during the broadcast today. Uh, Michael Waltrip was talking about uh, Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson. He went go karting with them, and uh, I heard this story from you before the broadcast because apparently you were there last night. You you went to this local go kart track to have some fun. Yeah. And Larson and um, Hamlin and Waltrip walk in the door. Is that yeah. what happened?
1: So yes, that that is what happened. I was at the uh, the place is called SNS Speedway. It's in Stroudsburg, PA and uh i worked there for like a month in between going part time and full time at the at the paper Okay. so uh, i'm good friends with the the guy who basically runs everything over there and um so i get to hang around and go go race every once in a while whenever i want to really and um i was hanging out for the night cuz i knew you know in the past some drivers have showed up there um but it's a totally different thing when nine thirty at night, all of a sudden Denny Hamlin and Michael Waltrip walk through the door. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I heard Denny say to someone else that Larson was just a couple minutes behind, him. and sure enough, Larson just walks through the front door a couple minutes later. Um, so this is
0: not like an appearance totally unplanned. No, just like completely. How many people were in the go kart? Oh
1: man, ma- less than fifteen. Wow. <laughs> like I don't know. It, it was no more than twenty for sure. It was uh-huh. it was somewhere in that range, and uh, the guys were super nice um a couple guys wanted to take pictures and autographs and all that fun stuff because well it's kind of a natural thing most of them are race fans if you're going out to a go indoor go-kart track yeah um and it's a great little track it's this tiny little slick track that where the cars kind of look like slingshots that you would see on the dirt and uh so you actually like slide around the racetrack and you're like uh counter steering and all that um so it's really a perfect place for a guy like larson to show up um and I was lucky enough to actually get on the track with them and a couple of other uh, crew guys who showed up um, from other teams. And it was the most surreal experience <laughs> of my life uh, because there was one point in the race. We're going down the the one straightaway that's there. And um, I was on the inside. Walt, Waltrip and Larson were both to my outside, and then Hamlin was right in front of them. Hamlin looks back at at Michael. Michael looks back at me and flashes me a smile. It, it, it felt like something out of a dream. Like, uh, all right, I'm good to wake up now. Like this is this is fine enough. Um, my claim to fame right now is the fact that I made, managed to make a clean pass on the Wall trip at some point, and I don't. It, it was a while before he passed me back, so I'll I'll take that for whatever it's worth.
0: No, that's that's <laughs> worth a lot. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, here you are in in the Poconos, and you know you're you're dreaming of um working in NASCAR and things like that at some point, and, and, you know, you only get a couple shots a year to, to see these guys and stuff, and right. you're at your track that's familiar to you, and these guys walk in, like, you're on the track racing with them. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It was Racing great. is cool like that, you know?
1: It is. It really is. And and they, they couldn't have been nicer. They couldn't have been more down-to-earth guys. Um, it was... Uh, and Larson even uh, addressed it uh, when he was in the media center here, just how fun of a little place it is. Um, Really, if you ever come out to Pocono, I really suggest heading over there. The the NASCAR drivers, it's kind of hit or miss whether or not they show up. They usually try to show up closer to closing time because they don't really want to deal with the fanfare, frankly. Um, But um, it it was a blast. They really – um, enjoyed their time there and uh, it, it was just a lot of fun To and to be able to say that I was on the track with a couple cup drivers is uh, yeah. like that that's enough for me <laughs> no that's
0: that's really cool well um, we talked a little bit about it last year but um, so tell everybody like what what you cover now because apparently um, after we did the podcast last year that inspired you to start a podcast so you're
1: getting into that
0: kind yeah. of thing too
1: so um, throughout the the the, the when it's not NASCAR season yeah. here. And, uh, in the fall, I cover high school football and boys and girls soccer. In um, the winter, it's high school basketball, boys and girls. And then in the spring, it's softball and track and field. But um, So the day after uh, we did our post-race podcast for the July race, mm-hmm. I p- shared it to my personal Facebook page. And one of our mm-hmm. area soccer coaches happened to see it and commented. And he was like, you know, if you... Started a local sports podcast. I think I really think it would take off, and I had been toying with the idea personally, but I I didn't talk to anyone about it. I didn't say anything to anyone because I didn't really know if there would be an audience here for it. Yeah. But sure enough, um I, I mentioned it to my editor, and he's like, "For me, it's not a yes or no. It's a how do we do this and let's get started now." Cool. And so that was July thirty first, and by August twenty first, we recorded our first episode, and I think we're over forty episodes in now. We were doing. Um, our high school football picks mixed with some NFL games and college games. We were, um, I, and I do a lot of interviews with our local athletes or coaches, just kind of getting more, trying to b- get more of a personality thing involved, just so people in our area can get to know the high school athletes and the high school coaches a little bit better, and and try to see a little bit of what why they're why they're involved in the sport, why. Uh, why it's a big deal for them and and why they're so heavily invested into the the local community. Yeah, um, and it, it's worked out it's worked out great and um we had Kyle Petty on the podcast actually a couple uh I guess it was uh early April because they came through for the Kyle Petty Kyle Petty charity ride. Um er, earlier this week I just had uh Ben May, Pocono Raceway president on um and that went live on Friday and uh he he was a great Great interview. So we've been able to, to mix it in with some of our high school athletes as well as um, former athletes. Kaishon Jarrett, uh, uh, former Redskins quarter, cornerback, actually graduated from one, one of our local high schools East Stroudsburg South. And so he came on because he's doing a summer football camp. So it's it's been a great experience to be able to kind of connect with the community a little bit more and, and have these – these athletes or or um, local people's personalities be able to come through um, it really in their own words.
0: That's cool. Well, I think it's a great skill that you'll hopefully use someday when you're on the NASCAR beat. I really think that you're, you're uh, really talented and uh, you ask great questions in the media center. And, um, you know, hopefully that means that someday you can land a NASCAR job because obviously you have a passion for it. Um, let's put that. you to the test. Yeah, sure. Let's put you to the test now, though, and have you predict – what the was it a good race poll yes result will be um i gotta tell you i'm on a little bit of a roll right now i beat nascar chasm last week and uh so what what do you think would you like to, me to go first or you want to go first
1: i think i'll go first this okay. time um i will say that the last time i did this was god awful <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, I think I, I think I said something over sixty percent, and the the end result I think ended up being like a thirty eight.
0: Oh uh, wow! So it
1: wasn't good. Uh, it was not good. This, I don't think it's going to be that bad this time around, um, because I think there was enough side by side racing at least through the field where people are, were interested. And again, going back to the pit strategy stuff, I think that was compelling. If I had to put a number on it, I'm gonna say. I'll I'll say fifty three. Um, I I don't think it was. I don't think we're gonna get big numbers, but uh, I think it was an all, all, all right race.
0: Okay. See, I feel like you're maybe playing it a bit low this time. Although it's tough for me to get a handle on this one, I'm really not sure what people felt. Right. Um. It, it was you know there was sort of like a neutral reaction I feel like on Twitter about it. People weren't complaining like oh that was so boring or something, but they also weren't like that was really fun. Right. Uh, I think I might go, I know this is sort of close to yours, but I think I might go 59%. Okay. So, um, no, you know what? I'll, I'll go 60% so that we can leave, uh, perhaps a number between us so that we can't split it. Maybe. Oh no, I guess that would be, I don't know what I'll go. 60%. You go 53%. That works. And, um, yeah, we'll just see. Well, anyway, um, Zach, where can people follow you? I know that, you know, it's mostly you're, you're tweeting about your job here, right? But they might still <laughs> want to follow you or tweet you, um, talk, talk to NASCAR with
1: you when, when they get a chance. Absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Zachster, Z-A-C-H-S-T-U-R. Um, you can find what, whatever I write at Pocono Um, you could also follow the, uh, so the podcast that, that I host is pride of the Poconos and, uh, you can follow – we have a Twitter for that. It's at Pocono Podcast, which I'm sure Pocono Raceway is annoyed about because we have oh. – they, they they have their own podcast now too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so you can follow me at, at Zaxter or uh, Pocono, uh, at Pocono Podcast.
0: Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for the rest of you, this week's 12 questions comes out on Tuesday. It is with Joey Logano. And then on Thursday, it's a How I Got Here with John McMullen who's from NASCAR operations. He um, runs the victory lane, drivers meeting, stuff like that. So kind of interesting to hear how he got his start. And then I'll be going to Michigan International Speedway where I'll do another post-race podcast with a media member there. So until then, thanks as always for listening. Talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Black Podcast.